Hello, everybody. Welcome back to today's episode of the Chicago Talk podcast. And let's start today's episode off talking about the Bulls. We were defeated by the Suns last night, 127 to 124. This is now the Bulls' second straight loss uh, coming off of that loss to the 76ers. Uh, tough one here for the Bulls. They will now drop to 33 and 21. Phoenix now improves to 43 and 10 on the year. Uh, really good game from De- uh, from Devin Booker. 38 points, four rebounds, five assists. Uh, Chris Paul with 19. Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan did their job. DeRozan with 38, Levine with 32, another 30-point performance from him. However, the rest of the team not really able to do much. Malcolm Hill did come off the bench, put on, uh, put up eight. Kobe White with 13 off the bench, but unfortunately, uh, not a lot the Bulls could do in this one. It's just been the defense. The defense has obviously taken a step back ever since uh, Alex Caruso and Lonzo Ball got hurt. Since Caruso got hurt, uh, the defense has ranked 26th. So that it, when Caruso got hurt, it was January 21st. And ever since then, they have been ranked 26th in defense. So it just doesn't seem to be working. You know, you have those two outstanding defensive guards in Ball and, and uh, Caruso. And, and you know, you just don't have those replacements for him. Sure, I would assume who can do that. But uh, no, there's too many times where it just seems there's there's lapses in the defense that just that need to be fixed. They need to be uh, they need to be fixed with you know whether it's scheme or whether it's another player at the trade deadline who could uh, bring some defensive presence onto this Bulls team. Whether whatever it is, uh, the Bulls need to fix it very quickly. Um, and it wasn't a horrible game by the Bulls. They got off to a pretty slow start. The first quarter, or the first half, was not great. However, the second half was a really good one. Uh, fourth quarter, they had 41 points. Uh, they shot the ball pretty well. Uh, 47% from field goal, 38% from three, uh, 90% from free throws. Uh, but they, they they did not have many assists. They had 31 to 18 assists in favor of the Suns. They did not have a single assist in the second quarter so they really struggled in that first half they're gonna need to come out a lot better if they want to uh have any chance of you know beating competitive teams here um they will be playing again tomorrow in charlotte at 6 30 uh, that's gonna be a tough game as well uh charlotte has been a very good team this year. They have a very explosive offense, putting up one of the best, you no, know, some of the best offensive numbers in the NBA this season. Uh, they're only sitting at 28 and 27 right now. Uh, they do have a lot of young talent on that team. Obviously, LaMelo Ball, uh, Miles Bridges, to name a few. We are going to be without Io DeSumo in that one. He is going to be entering concussion protocols after a hit he took against the 76ers. Not a hit he took against the Suns, a hit against a hit he took against the Sixers. So when uh, Joel Embiid was diving for a uh, loose ball, he sort of ran. Uh, DeSumo also ran into or uh, dove for the ball, and Matt Thomas did the same thing, and he hits Thomas's shoulder with his uh, sort of lower or sort of neck area, but. Apparently he does have a concussion. Will enter concussion protocols. And he played. He played with it last night. Probably explains a lot for uh, for how he played last night because it was not a good one for him. Two points, two rebounds, no assists in 33 minutes of play. Uh, so the Bulls back in action tomorrow against the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, and then there's some other news from the Indiana Pacers who made a move today, sending Demontis Sabonis to the Kings, and in return are receiving Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. A move that sort of confusing not for the Pacers but for the Kings doesn't really make a lot of sense for them but 
Um, no, definitely a move that is, is going to benefit the Bulls. Uh, I mean, he always plays, Sabonis always plays his best basketball against the Bulls, it seems like. So, um, should, uh, should be a move that should help the Bulls out there a little bit. Pacers really starting to rebuild that team. Uh, and they also trade away Karis Lerert, but they did get a nice trade, uh, return in Halliburton and Heald, two guys who I think, uh, should be able to, to run that backcourt for a long time in, uh, Indianapolis. Now let's turn to the Blackhawks, who will be taking on the Edmonton Oilers tomorrow, returning from their all-star break uh, hiatus. Uh, that game going to be at 7 o'clock in Edmonton. Uh, so another game for the Hawks. Uh, that shouldn't, no, that's, it's a questionable one. Edmonton 23-16-3 on the year. Uh, Hawks looking to, uh, looking to, you know, get back into the swing of things after the All-Star break. Before that, they had been really struggling. They had lost three straight games, uh, going into the All-Star break. A 6-4 loss to Colorado, 3-1 loss to the Canucks, and then a 5-0 loss to the Wild. Those final two games against the Wild and Canucks saw them really just playing flat hockey, not really doing a lot. Uh, so hopefully Hawks will come out of their break with a, uh, a little more fire under them. They also made some roster moves today uh, from the uh, from the AHL. Jacob Glavis, Josiah Slavin, and goaltender Arvid Soderbaum are all being recalled from the AHL, and then Colin Delia uh, is being assigned back to Rockford. And now let's turn to the Bears. Uh, who have made some more some more uh, coaching moves today? They have hired Austin King to become the team's next assistant offensive line coach. Uh, this comes a couple of days after the team hired Chris Morgan to be the team's head offensive line coach. Uh, so King played for a while in the NFL with the Falcons, played 34 career games at center from 2014 to 2016 before he went back to college uh, and then joined the Raiders as an offensive quality control coach in 2020 and then was the tight ends coach for the Raiders this season. Uh, so this is now the 11th coach that the Bears have hired as a part of the uh, the Eberflus staff in Chicago, uh, but they have yet to hire a running back coach, a defensive line coach, or, uh, but they have uh, hired every other coordinator position, and they also have hired uh, a good handful of position coach positions as well. So um, Bears building up, that, uh, building up that staff in a good way there. And now let's turn to the Cubs, who have apparently talked about the potential of a reunion between them and former first baseman Anthony Rizzo in free agency. So Rizzo will be a free agent, was traded to the Yankees by the Cubs at the trade deadline. Um, and there's now reports we're going to potentially see them reunite again. So the Cubs are in a position of sort of limbo right now. They're not really competitive, but they're also not terrible. They have some talented pieces. Um, no, they have guys. Guys like Marcus Stroman in the uh, in the you know the starting rotation. You got some other guys like Frank Schwindel, Patrick Wisdom, who could you know be decent if they if they're able to uh, continue from where they were in their rookie season. Uh, then you, know, you also have them going after big name players like uh, Carlos Correa, who's a guy you really sign when you want to compete. So I don't I don't really know the situation for the Cubs. I don't really know what they uh, they really plan to do here. But uh, there's a lot of talk around Anthony Rizzo and the potential he could return on a short-term deal. And I don't know about this move as much. Uh, there was, you no know, obviously, after you traded away Rizzo, you had the emergence of Frank Schwindel, which was great for the Cubs. And he is older. Uh, I think he's nearly the same age as Rizzo or maybe a couple years younger. Um, but, you know, he, he emerged well and he became a, uh, you know, a, a bright spot to that team, which was really had no bright spots after you trade everyone away. Um, 
But then it would also sort of take away from the, uh, you know, the guys you, you know, the young guys who you might bring up this offseason, you know, possibly a Brendan Davis, uh, even though he doesn't play first. The Rizzo move could definitely, uh, you know, point some attention away from him and maybe that could be a good thing and maybe it won't um but I just don't see it really happening I honestly think Rizzo will probably never be back with the Cubs and if not you know this offseason he could be back some other time but this offseason I think you know he could definitely still be a big you know he could still be the starting first baseman on a winning baseball team I just don't really see the Cubs being that unless they are to acquire a Carlos Correa in free agency so um for me this move would be great to bring in hometown or bring fans back to the back to Wrigley Field I guess but um no to really to try and build a winning baseball team it's not really the move I'd say the Cubs should be making right now but uh that's just that's just my opinion on it I don't really know where the where the uh the Cubs are going to be at this offseason of course you gotta keep that in mind but I think they should start you know should continue to go for the uh you know the reclamation projects like a Clint Frazier from the Yankees a guy who was pretty much broken and now has the potential if he can you know revive his you know his his game could be a pretty solid outfielder so um I think that's those are the guys the Cubs should uh start to go for here not the uh the bigger name guys personally but that is going to do it for today's episode uh follow us on instagram at the chicago talk podcast uh we'll post some alerts and uh and no polls for when the episodes are up but that is going to do it for today's episode of the podcast thank you all for tuning in and i will see you all tomorrow